0: I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals Eye View podcast. I think that there are really only a few beings in human experience who fully embrace the exploration of what's known to humans as shadow. And when I say fully embrace, that does not include most belief structures known as religion, where good is good and evil is evil. The exploration of shadow is definitely different than that, because it's not seen as being evil or the antithesis to good, it's simply actually a partner with good. And those people actually tend to be psychologists or psychiatrists. And actually for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to borrow from the incandescent Amanda Gorman with her beautiful identification of sunshine and shade during the poem that she wrote as part of the poem for the current president's inauguration. I've been searching for a long time for something that elevates shade, formerly known as shadow, in the same way that light is often elevated over shadow. Good versus evil, positive versus negative. Words have energy. It's why it's called spelling when you use words in a particular order. It does communicate verbally, of course, but there's also energy that is inside the meaning of those words. And I think that sunshine and shade fits perfectly, especially in the world of animals, because for them, there is no, honestly, light or shadow as energy descriptors. When I asked them about sunshine and shade, there was a resounding chorus of, oh yes, that fits really well. They know sunshine and they know shade. From their perspective, one is not better than the other. Each serves a purpose of being used when the time is appropriate. And of course, in human experience, there is a balance to each As well, shade cools sunshine when needed, sunshine heating up shade when needed. There's a perfect symmetry and such a wonderful metaphor for the unity of duality that is on this planet. And just, I'm going to repeat those words for just a second. The unity of duality. You, dear listener, are equal parts sunshine and shade, as is every single being in whatever experience they're in on earth. And I think for beings in human experience, we all like to think that we're mostly sunshine. We do. (laughs) We all like to think that I am all that is wonderful and none of that is terrible. No, I would never tell a lie. I would never tell a lie of omission, all of those sorts of things, all of those things. Except at the same time, shade beckons to us, as it should, because shade rebalances when the sunlight gets too strong or threatens to disrupt the balance between the two. It's a balance, and I invite you, especially at this point in time, to deepen your awareness of your own shade. It's not scary. It's not frightening. It's not evil. It's going to feel different than sunshine because it is but it's a natural part of who you are. It's all the things that likely as a child you were told not to do. Because it's not polite, because others will not like you, because it makes others uncomfortable. This is more like a return, or rather an unearthing, of the five-year-old you who's direct, honest, and innocently curious about the world around you, and who is deeply in touch with every emotion and feeling that your body gives to you, just like every animal on the planet is in their organic state. And if you've ever seen a five-year-old interact with something or someone that is different to them, or that they have questions about, there's an openness, there's a curiosity. But at the same time, there is deep, deep compassion for whatever that thing happens to be. And more often than not, there's a deep empathy, a a return, a rebounding feeling of once an an answer is given about a particular thing or a particular state of a thing, then there's usually an, oh, that must have hurt. Oh, I see. But at the same time, the child then takes in this experience and allows themselves to be affected by it. Yeah, there might be tears. Yeah, there might be anger. There might be a, a number of things. And as adults, if we had that five year old child, hopefully we would gather them up and say, It's okay. I understand. Let's talk about what's going on. And being of the same generation, I happen to know that there were likely parents in that point in time, speaking of my own parents, wonderful people. They did the best they could with what they had, who may have said to that five year old child, Sh- sh- just, you know, be quiet. Stop crying. It's going to be okay. We, we have all sorts of ways in the human experience of silencing, to a certain extent, the natural healing that can come about from our exploration of shade. And the thing about animals is that they don't hide any part of who they are. It's all right there, out there in the open, for all to see, including our species. And we're uncomfortable with that, because it reminds us that we are also an animal species on the planet. One of the worst things, as I've said before, I think our species has ever done, is refer to ourselves as human beings. Because in my perception, that elevates the human experience above the being part, That part of this experience that can never be separated from who each one of us is, the spark of the divine, of energy, of the spiritual, whatever word resonates for you. And maybe words don't have a resonance for this feeling that you have when you deeply connect with who you are and with who your extended family members are. Collective members of visitors to this planet, and at least from their perspective, Determined to enjoy the heck out of both the sunshine and the shade. Certainly animals have no need of a word for this energy piece. It just simply is for them. And they recognize it in every single other being on the planet. And the interesting thing about living with animals is that their play, especially in predator mode, if they are predator, which most companion animals now that I'm thinking about it, are definitely have a dual role of both predator as well as prey. That can be deliciously refreshing to the human experience as we just don't step into our shade often enough. We reject it outright because we've been taught to and because we think it's dangerous to experience and feel. It is not. It is imperative that we see it as a partner to the sunshine I cannot stress enough how important it is that this is done, not just for yourself and your relationship with you, but your relationship with your companion animals. Because if your shade is not taken out and exercised properly, often enough, it will spill over into your relationship with your companion animal. And trust me when I say you will start to project your shade onto your companion animal. And even right now, listening to these words, you would say to yourself, oh, but Lisanne, I would never, I would never, ever do that. Yes, you would. And yes, you likely probably have. We've lofted ourselves. We've lofted ourselves into this place where we're better than everything. We're better than every being on the planet. and. That has not worked out so well for us, has it? This collective sunshine that we share with all other beings on the planet, we also share collective shade. It will not do to turn away. And in fact, repression of any naturally occurring energy on Earth leads to an eruption of that thing only because balance is so very important overall. It's balance that this planet is after. It understands predator and prey. Predator and prey was specifically designed for balance. Vicariously experiencing the shadow with your animal companion, or even when you're watching a nature show, can be a way for you to feel the depth of shade as a balance to the brightness of sunlight. And I just want to say again, thank you, Ms. Gorman, for your masterful wordsmithing. I'll put a link to what I perceive to be the real Amanda Gorman website in the podcast notes. I was going to use an example of a tug-of-war with either your cat or dog companion. And then this morning, a gift for my sweet little D. My tuxedo cat adopted this past July, who has a white heart shape on the end of her nose which completely belies her cunning ability to snatch any flying insect from the air with ease. We had a snow here most of the day yesterday in Colorado. Kind of a dry snow. Sun came out today. It was 40 degrees. It's probably going to be gone in fairly short order. In the mornings, though, and if there is sunshine, I like to open my wooden door for the cats to lie in. There's a rug there in the front entry area. There's a tile floor. It heats up nicely. They just both really love it, and Lil D in particular. And so I was watching her at the front door, and even before I opened the wooden front door, she was already on the hunt. I could tell. She was hunched over, front paws right underneath her shoulder area and not folded back which means she is in alert pose if you didn't know that that's what it means when a cat does that she's ready to pounce ready to strike and she was looking at the space where the bottom of the door meets the floor and I couldn't quite figure it out because I wasn't seeing anything there But unbeknownst to me, and what was going to be revealed in the next 30 seconds was, in fact, and somehow, I can't explain it. Maybe someone can who will message me. There was a fly that had somehow gotten underneath the screen door, which admittedly doesn't really fit really well at the very bottom of the base of the threshold of my front door. And a fly was there. And this particular fly, of course, she would have heard and or sensed buzzing and moving around on the other side of the wooden door. And so when I opened up the door, immediately she stepped into sitting up position, eyes fixed on this fly, who had then flown up to the very top of the door. My phone was nearby. I grabbed my phone. I made a little video. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see the whole thing. I also posted it on my Facebook page. I don't think I put it in the animals I view group on Facebook, but if you follow me on Instagram, you'll definitely see it there. And she waited not long, maybe 30, 45 seconds before that little fly made a fatal error. She pounced on it got it in one fell swoop. I can't even do that when I'm attempting to remove a fly or a moth or a spider or something to outdoors. She was right there at the pounce. She turned around, brought it back to the rug, the entryway rug, and there she was, munching quite contentedly on what I assume is just a little bit of protein for her breakfast. And in that moment... I was aware that my own dual role of predator and prey was activated. I could feel the energy with which she was hunting this fly. I could feel her intentness on hunting this fly. And I could feel her overwhelming desire to catch and then to kill this particular prey. And there wasn't anything wrong with that, because she's a cat and it was a fly. She is in the role of predator in that moment in time. The fly was in the role of prey. I held space for both of them. I held space for the dance that was happening between them she didn't necessarily have to catch that particular fly and in fact although not often i have to give her credit i sometimes see her miss that doesn't mean that she's not going to spend the next five or 10 minutes gazing up the walls and up in the corners of a room where a miller moth or a fly or some other being an in insect experience is going to be today it happened to be that the predator was victorious. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with her doing that. She was doing what was natural to a cat. I was able to plug into the hunt. I could feel the activation of my own shade, of my own role of predator as well as prey. And the really interesting thing is that when we honor both predator and prey, As I've said before, this is a dance between them. This is not in how we see it in human experience that one conquers and the other is vanquished. This is about balance. And when you step into those roles equally of sunshine and of shade, it actually widens and it actually allows you to have more empathy, not only for... All the other dances between predators and prey that happen on this planet, but it makes you so intensely aware of how as being in human experience, you have a responsibility as predator and as prey to honor both and to understand the importance of being able to extend compassion to both, compassion to both predator and prey, and honor their place equally in this unity of duality on planet Earth. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazannflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I invite you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.